must search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Uh, welcome everyone to another episode of Broken by Concepts, episode 39. We have a special episode today rather than just me and Nathan. We have two two guests. Usually we have one guest. We've got two guests today. Um, and before I introduce them, we're going to be doing um, a special episode revolving around this question. Can there ever be a female world champion in League of Legends? Is it possible? Um, and what would need to happen for this to be the case? Um, and to help us break down and dive in and explore... Uh, this question in this in this topic we have Athena in the bottom left hand corner and we have Gabby, two oceanic uh, high elo players um, that I've played with in solo queue. Nathan's played with played with in solo queue. Um, so if you guys just want to do a very brief introduction about um, you, maybe your your how current long rank, 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 how long you've been playing that sort of thing. So you want to kick it off, Athena? Uh, yeah. Uh, hi everyone. I'm known as Kitty online mostly. But I've been playing League for six years now, and I've hit Challenger when I was Season 7. So I've been Challenger for three consistent years, and this year I actually hit Challenger maybe a week ago. And I think I'm the first female to hit Challenger in the world. I oh, think. really? Oh, yeah, because yeah, it's so early in the season. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And how long have you been playing League for, Athena? You said... Um, uh, I started since... in Season 4. So... Season 4, okay. Mm. And Gabby? Um, hey, I'm Gabby. Uh, I'm CCNE2. I've played since the end of Season 2, um, so I was like 14. OG. Um, yeah. I <laughs> uh, did more league than school. Um, I haven't hit Challenger, but I've hit about 520 LP. Uh, this season, I'm in my Master Promos because I'm not playing as much, but hopefully get back up there. And you're a nurse in real life, Gabby? Yeah. So that's obviously where you're busy, you know, helping people save lives on, yeah, um, sometimes, yeah. in real life and on the rift. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, as Curtis said, what we want to do is explore this question with you guys. Curtis and I could have easily done this podcast by ourselves, but we obviously need your perspectives. We thought, well, oh, well, why don't we know have, you know, some, some, um, female guests on and have played in high yellow specifically. And that's where I think that would be really the difference between say, maybe talking about, um, Solo queue is something we talk a lot about on the show here. Um, just the importance of solo queue. I mean, a lot of our, our our advice and content is around getting better at the game. But obviously, you guys have hit pretty much the you know the peak you know of League of Legends hitting Challenger is like top 100, top 200. It's top 50 in OS. So yeah. uh, definitely one of some of the best players on the server. Well, I want to preface this, Nathan. I think today's episode will be uncomfortable. And look, I, I'm going to be brutally honest. Like I was worried to do this episode this is a topic in league legends right no one really covers this stuff in depth and i respect both of you so much in terms of not just like you know you guys are actually genuinely very good at the game and you guys and what the way i wanted to frame this was this is a very uncomfortable topic and i think there are so many ways to break this down so i want to look at it from you know the League of Legends cultural aspect. I want to look at it from a, per- a very personal aspect, like what it would be like specifically being in your shoes, what got you into gaming in the first place, what separates you from maybe some of the other girls playing League, um, and really get into the nitty gritty, get into the details here. And look, um, 
if, if if any time during this episode, maybe myself or Nathan ask something too personal, like feel free to like absolutely pass on the question. But um, yeah, let's kick it and off. I think, and I think starting with the extreme, it's like I mean, obviously, you know, Athena and Gabby here, you know, you guys are obviously not world champions, League of legends, but it's like exploring the best case scenario. It's like okay, female world champion, you know, one of the best players in the world, and then we let's just bring it all the way back. It's like how's that possible? So where where I wanted to start with. Um, I could have sort of touched on there. It's talking about, um, you know, maybe differentiating you from other female players. You guys, we've probably heard, you guys have probably heard all the time, this statistic thrown around in, in gaming. There's just like the same amount of female gamers as male gamers. You guys have heard that before? It's like a statistic that people love throwing around. And okay well i mean it's it's, it's in every esports deck they love mm-hmm. saying that right it's like a gaming thing so um there there's a huge differentiation between gaming and esports like esports games so when they throw that statistic out there like counting potentially games like farmville and like you're playing like stuff on your phone like like i mean for us what esports is is a competitive game you know league of legends counter-strike dota um and I mean, from your guys' experience, do you think it's a, in esports games? Would you think that's a correct statistic, 50-50 split? Well, I think obviously in the competitive scene, um, there's already a lot, there's already a minority of players which are the female player base in high elo. And I think they just uh, don't share this is kind of stereotypical, but I don't think females share the same competitive drive as males because they weren't raised up in that type of environment. As you could, uh, when, if I give an example, when males grow up, they were always introduced to the idea of video games. Like parents encouraged it, people, all, all of the male friends played video games. But females, well, I have Asian parents and this is kind of personal. But when my parents found out when I played League of Legends, they were like, oh, who introduced you to League of Legends? That's a that's a guy game, you know? So I feel like from the get-go, females are already discouraged in the esports scene. So when you first picking up League, it was like you viewed it or you were, or you were told it's a guy game. Yeah, I, they were like, you're a girl, why are you playing this type of game? This was like 2014, like the game was barely popular. Well, well it was kind of popular, but not to this extent and would you so say my, it's the mm-hmm. exact same now you'd still call it you think a, a female coming is still a guy game is that how you'll you'd view it um well obviously statistically esports i don't think there has been a really prominent female player that has represented female uh, the female player base in esports so i guess it's still a majority, uh, a male-dominated game, especially in esports. So, I think when, for me, my parents were always discouraging me from playing League, even though I told them that I was good, but because they were saying how, oh, you know, females have, uh a weaker mental or like a more fragile ego because males uh i've heard very specific details of how competitive 
pro players confront each other during uh well in between their matches or like after a defeat or a loss after an esport game and um all of them or if your team is like really close mostly everyone has seen each other cry right and i just feel like my parents were discouraging me from that type of environment because i think i couldn't handle that type of treatment from from other guy players not not just from like just like how harsh reality can be got if, it yeah like if so they you try to protect you and shield you that's what they want to do as yeah parents. they, they okay. think uh females are should be more protected and they're more um, fragile mentally so that's why and i think did you have the same experience gabby growing up playing league of legends did your parents know you play league of legends or um my case, my family is like a bit different. Um, I grew up like with a PS1. We we're playing like time splitters. We we're playing Unreal Tournament and stuff like that. Um, you have siblings, yet, Gabby? Older brothers? Yeah, I got or... two older brothers. So I ah, got it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, like even so, even so, we we're playing like all those shooters, stuff like that. My parents still bought me Barbie games. So there's still that marketing towards women. The fact that women aren't encouraged to play a more competitive sort of fast-paced game and they give you like cooking mama they give you barbie games they give you horse games uh neopets shit like that like it's not for some reason they seem to think that women don't want to be as competitive so they just don't encourage it in the first place um which i don't know where that's gotten from but that, um, does that a crossover from sports as well even were you encouraged to play so. sports growing up um, no, we were all, okay, we were all encouraged to play sports. I played soccer, um, but then I didn't even like soccer because I was scared of boys kicking me. So, <laughs> um, it's sort of like, the way I see it is, what was I going to say? You forgot, I forgot. Encouraging sports. Oh, like your experience, your your experience growing up and then how Nathan introduced oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. real so, sports. Like, what was that like for you? It was like, um, growing up, my brother was in uni and he introduced league to me. Uh, when he was like 18 or 19 and I started playing and my parents they didn't like me playing as much and my mum would want me to go and learn how to cook with her and do stuff like that like more domestic sort of things even though gaming has always been something that I have enjoyed so it's very interesting in that my brothers could play league and they could grind it for 12 hours a day my parents still didn't like it but they didn't actively try to get them to do anything else it was only to me where they would try to get me to do anything else so fascinating well look i want to actually kind of bounce back on something uh athena said i'd love to get you guys take on this so one of the things you said correct me if i'm wrong you said something about how like you know guys you've, you've heard um from people you know about like what it's like at the highest level in terms of talking about the game in a review and how angry people get and how emotionally invested they get and that whole thing. And you were saying how like there's egos involved and all that. I actually think that, um, if anything, that's actually a negative um, in many ways. And I think that you're right. Guys, in many ways, in my opinion, when it comes to league, are much more insecure, believe it or not, about their level of play in league than you would think. But that's why they project so much in league. So, like, I want to explore and get your guys' take on it. Because let me just put it out there really simply. A part of me, 
one of the elements at play here as to why maybe we don't we don't see as many girls play at the higher level. Like obviously, there's an an upbringing factor in the amount of games you're able to play, just raw amount of games played. But the other thing I reckon is, um, the lack of confidence knowing that there aren't any other girls who have done it. No other girls reach the top. Well, I mean, there's no one out there who's got like rank one. You haven't seen like a really high ranked rank one female, or you haven't seen a girl go pro before that. It hasn't been done before. And, and and my theory, and I want to get your guys take on this is all it takes is one, one really great female league player, one pro female league pro player. We can get into that, whether that's even possible. Um, All it takes is one. And, and one of the biggest reasons is that a female, when they come, or a girl, when they come into the game, they're not everyone around them. Everyone they're playing with, everyone they see, you're not... It's weird if you're good. You're an outlier. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, you're, you're getting... There's all these pressures being put onto you. Um, and I think that this is purely one of the biggest reasons is because it hasn't really been done before. Do you think in your your experience in your own experience just, just climbing so- up to solo queue purely talk about solo queue here right like you guys solo queue. challenger yeah has that been something that's played on your mind like wow this has never been done before or this is just not something there's no one I'm the only one here especially Gabby you last season you were like like this really aggressive the way you played bard and thresh or, right that's your mains and, and to give a bit of background like i gabby and solo queue for me was one of the most scary solo queue players to verse it, it it pissed me off like running around like gabby plays a lot of bard and yep. she would so run it's, around it's a 1v2 mid isn't it curtis just a 1v2 mid <laughs> oh it was it was like it was like versing um cupcakes bard at the time yeah and, and it was infuriating. Rift Herald, run into amy and rift Herald. here we go we got a bard here you know and, and, and that yeah, that's always fascinated fascinated me. It's like, has that been for you guys? Has that been a thing that you've thought about in the past? Like, hasn't really been done before. Um, no, uh, I think I think you're right in that the idea of becoming pro or having a female pro is really scary because that's like a complete unknown that hasn't really happened. Um, but in terms of high elo solo queue, it's really not that scary. I think just because our community is so small um, and we tend to know everyone. Like, mm. uh, when I first climbed, people didn't actually know I was a girl uh, until... Well, that's the I thing. Theoretically, you could you could literally hide your yeah. your gender. Just, like, you're just a name, and you no one would ever know, right? So, theoretically, yeah. someone could maybe climb up to rank one. And it's like, whoa. It's like, then they finally... I mean, eventually, everyone knows who the rank one player is, right? And it's like, oh, you know, hey, guys, I'm actually, you know, a female player. So... Yeah, is that is, is that something you guys thought about potentially? It's like, you know, climbing high to the next level. It's like, would people be surprised? I mean, obviously, they'll be surprised, right? They are surprised all the time. But um, it's just funny that it's like something that happens to be so rare. But then you mm. think like there could be players that just don't reveal that they are girls. Like, like I didn't for a really long time. There could be other players. I don't know if that's actually true, but um, there definitely could be. But at the moment in solo queue... I don't really think about the fact that I'm a girl, except when I get weird comments. So, yeah. What about you, Athena, in terms of your experience climbing to Challenger? Well, obviously, I when I started playing League, I 
this when I started climbing, it was when dynamic queue was a thing. If you guys remember, it was when you could play with like three people. Yeah, like, that was four. everyone hated. Everyone hated people, dynamic queue. But you yeah. could play with at least three. And I remember when I first got introduced into Hilo, people already knew I was a girl. I couldn't just really hide it because my name was being spread around. They're like, oh, this is new e-girl in the block, you know? And I was just like, oh, hey, guys, being like a little 14-year-old. Like, I was 14 when I was like masters, right? Yeah, and, wow. and yeah, I was actually 14. So That's insane. I, I was like, oh, hey, guys, you know, I'm a girl. I guess I can't really hide it anymore. And nowadays, uh, people... Since our, Gabby said our community is so small, I can't really hide my identity in like my games anymore because I've been trying to become a streamer. So people like just know me as like, oh, you're that high yellow girl player. So I feel like, yes, you can be anonymous when you climb, but once you get into the higher ranks and obviously in my opinion, one of the ways to get really high rank is to make a lot of like befriend a lot of those high rank players and obviously people uh come like use discord and like call with each other it makes the game 10 times easier and um i think it's just going to be really hard to be that good while being completely anonymous so i feel like your your gender or your, your identity will be leaked somewhere along the line of climbing to that high of a rank but i feel like once everyone finds out your gender, they treat you extremely different from how they were treating you before. And do you think that's a disadvantage? Is it to a disadvantage or advantage? What do you think? Obviously, okay, this is this is completely personal experience. Um, I have been treated very well by a lot of people. I know people talk shit behind my back, but they don't talk shit into my face because I'm a girl. They they they're like oh you know I can't I can't be mean I need to I need to be a nice guy I can't be I can't like be mean to a girl you know you don't you don't fight with a girl so why would you be mean to a girl it's like those like stereotypes you know but I know a lot of um, NA female players that are grandmaster and master they get a lot of uh, sexist comments that get thrown they're like oh you know in champs like they're like I have a I have a disgusting e girl on my team just ff you know. And I feel like because OC is such a, well, this is personal experience again. I feel like OC is such a small community. Um, we're a lot like tighter, I guess. Uh, it's a lot more mm, friendly in our environment compared to NA, which is like, what, five times our player base, I think. And obviously they the ratio of like one toxic person to like five nice people will be there will be a lot more toxic people. So I feel like if you're being a girl in a major region, maybe you'll get treated a lot more differently than... You would have a more negative experience, but you've actually had a positive experience climbing to challenge with like you. Yeah, yeah. Because OS is a tight-knit community. Mm -hmm. And um, because everyone knows each other, if yeah. I say, oh, this person has been talking behind my back, like, negatively, obviously my boys will be like, oh, this guy, he needs to get it's jumped. It's like drama. <laughs> it's like, we've got you know? yeah. Geordie yeah. Shaw or something like that. It's like, you can't, you know, you can't talk to my friend like that. What about yeah. you, Gabby? Have you, have you had the same experiences? Pretty, I mean, you say positive, right? But but what I want to know from you, Gabby, is so you, when, when did you decide to, you know, tell people that you're a female player? 
Um, I decided to tell everyone once I had respect as a player, actually. <laughs> and um, what did that mean for you? Was that when you hit Grandmaster or almost Challenger? Yeah, that was, I don't know, I think a year ago um, when I really started playing Bard. Um, yeah. And it just felt like I was playing really, really well. And I sort of felt like I was lying a lot. And I didn't really enjoy that. And I was... I still don't know if I'm happy that I did it or not. I think I am because it's good for other women, but at the same time, I'm not because, as Kitty said, there are places, there are players that are like so much nicer to you now that you know are simply only nice because you happen to be a girl. Mm. But like I've had um, high elo players be nice to me, and then when my boyfriend's playing solo queue, they'll harass him, like because I'm dating him. Right. So I don't know. I think largely it's been positive because yeah it's a really tightly knit community but at the same time you sort of question people's motives a lot and you feel like are they being nice to you because they think you're a good player are they being nice to you because you happen to be a girl so i just don't tend to socialize that much anyway so why gabby why do, uh, i don't know if you guys why did you decide to climb to challenge in league of legends it's like it's such a People, you know, talk about it's such a miserable experience playing League of Legends and stuff. It's like, what? Why you could do anything else? Why play? Why try and improve? I mean, at the end of the day, you have to actively think to improve at League of Legends. It's not you don't just randomly get it by playing thousands of games. You know, how many people do you know that have thousands of games are stuck in silver and gold, right? So, what was the decision? Like, did you sit there study vods? Like, but why? Why? Why do this? Well, um, I'm a. Oh, yeah, you can go for Gabby. You go. You go. Oh. Okay, um, I was just going to say, I actually was initially like Diamond Hardstock. Um, so I, when I first hit Diamond 1, I was 15. And then every year from there, I was like Hardstock, D5, D4. And it wasn't because I, like, I didn't want to actively get really good. I didn't think I could. Um, and like for me, for the so Why do you, the, think you think you could? I think because I, I play the game because I enjoy the game. Like, at the moment, I play Bard because I find him fun. I don't mm. play other supports because I don't enjoy them. And I don't see the idea of being pro very uh, feasible for me anyway. So, in t um, I think in terms of it all, I just want to win. So, <laughs> that's why... And naturally competitive. So, you would say you're yeah. a competitive person, competitive player. I think now. I didn't think I used to be. Um, I used to be really shy. I used to get a lot of anxiety. I didn't type at all. Um, I didn't join any discords. Um but now, like, as I'm coming more into myself and becoming more comfortable, it's like, I enjoy winning. I enjoy learning the game. So that's why I wanted to climb. And I really enjoyed the grind. It's really fun. <laughs> what about you, uh, Athena? Why did you decide well, to get good at the game? For me, it was a completely different story. I League of Legends was my first game that was ever introduced to me as a kid. So when I was, like, 12. And I played it until, which is, like, I played it until now where I'm 18. I played it for six years. So uh, League is obviously the most addicting game when you first get hooked onto it. Everyone knows how that feels. But I am a weird case because I talk to a lot of um, other high elo players that are diving to get good. And they're like, oh, I I only watch Korea, like LCK and LPL to get good. And all my YouTube recommendation is just VODs of like Uzi and like, uh, Teddy and stuff like that, you know? And I'm just like, oh, I don't watch any League content outside of just playing the game. Like, I don't actually use outside sources to get better at the game. I just play the game. I just so sit you're, down. You're purely through experience. You just like, I, just I fail, I learn. 
You just play yeah. the game. Yeah. And you actually and admit that you're addicted at the game, Athena? You said you're addicted. You think that's a big reason why you got good? Well, uh, I don't think I'm addicted anymore. But when I was younger, when I first got introduced to the game, Obviously, that was when I was entering high school, so I didn't know a lot of people, so I ended up spending most of my time online. And when I spent most of my time online, I became addicted, and I spent most of my time playing League of Legends. But, like, I I can kind of say I'm not addicted now, because when I was younger, I actually had um, mood swings due to not playing League. And that is a really serious... Yeah, yeah we talked that, about that addiction on the podcast movie. before. It's like symptoms, like withdrawal symptoms and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I would get terrible mood swings. I would be depressed. But I feel like um, after getting to a certain rank, I think it was maybe uh, uh, like Diamond or Masters, I just tried to spend most of my time having fun. Obviously, people are like, oh, Athena, why don't you go pro? Why do you only play like the, the Enchanters, the E-Girl supports? And I'm like... Because I find them fun and I don't want to go pro. So I, if, I, if I think these champions are fun, why would I play other champions, which I don't find fun, when I'm playing the game casually? Alright, I want to I I riff off this then. Because, alright, would you guys agree that League, in a way, when you get very good at a champion, the champion gets more fun? As a rule of thumb, right? I, I find like, let's just say you pick up a new champ. There's like a very brief period of time where it's fun because it's just like novelty. But then you get to like game 70, game 80, and you really start to get a lot of champion mastery and you get very good at it. You, you, you notice all these intricacies in the kit and you start really knowing how to translate your lead. You know how to carry a game, that sort of thing. Would you guys agree with that statement? Yeah. 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 Okay, so... One of the biggest controversial things is the fact that a lot of girls who climb play Enchanter supports, right? They play like Yumi and Sona and Nami and stuff like that. Now, why do you guys think this is the case? Why do they gravitate towards these champs? Okay, but and before, but one second, before, uh, before you guys answer... To give a little bit of direction, do you think that it's a combination of you got introduced to the game through this lens and then you got good at it because it was the first champion you played and then you just got experience and confidence and it's like, I'm also continue and then that's what made you enjoy the game? Or was it more that you just literally, no one had an influence over what you played, you just picked whatever and then you just gravitated toward it naturally? I've actually thought about this a lot. I'm like, why do all the girls play all the pretty, safe, very squishy champions, you know? Well, I think most girls from a very young age were introduced to the idea of things being commercially pretty. And obviously, if you see a trend in champion design for all the enchanters, they are all pretty, they're all female, you know, they... they uh, A cute... Yeah, it's like, like we said with the Barbie dolls growing up, like that's what yeah. her parents would give her, right? Mm. That's how like Riot, you know, how they always put pro- the meme of producing Lux skins and stuff. It's because they're uh, commercially advertisable, you know? But I feel like this stems from like how girls grew up, like their values and morals. I feel like if you see a common trend in Enchanters is that they're safe. They're squishy. They don't. They don't have to be in the front lines. They can. They can sit in the back and protect people. I feel like 
uh, girls don't have the uh, competitive, like they don't they don't have the ego and, and the aggressiveness. Um, unless you're like an outlier, you're like a tomboy, you, you have the same mindset as a guy. But most girls are more uh, passive. They're more uh, kind. You know, they don't want to be killing things on the on the roof. They maybe they they like their skin. They, they <laughs> like you're skin describing skin. everything as the opposite of what Gabby's doing. Yeah, but Gabby is is that outlier. Gabby yeah. is the outlier. That's why yeah. we have two spec. We have we brought two uh, ends of the spectrum. You know, Gabby is the outlier and the tomboy. You know, and I'm just like the stereotypical, you know, e girl. Support. I'm the stereotypical e girl. So you, so you think like, that champions in League of Legends they sort of have like a identity as a champion as well it's like let's say if i'm playing rexai or like i'm a jungle or playing an assassin like talon that doesn't appeal to female players because the champion has a personality mm -hmm. they have an aggressive play style you know mm. and um i feel like just most girls are more leaning towards passive so they obviously stick to support or because uh females are always if we talk if we bring up the historical books, females are always in like a supporting role of the male, like a domestic role of being the male's companion and like they have to support them from the sidelines. So I feel like that uh, stems... It's like a cultural thing you're saying. Yeah, it's or, a cultural yeah. Uh, thing, yeah. Did you have any other thoughts to add to that, Gabby? Uh, I have a lot. <laughs> um, I actually Jumping, think Gabby. like... Even like when you go into anime, it's always like the male protagonist and then the, the woman is like a mage support behind him. Like she doesn't really get involved in the drama, but she is healing him. She's protecting him. She's a support. She's never the one that gets to be the protagonist. So I think um, to do with picking up the game, if you tend to see a lot of women as well that are playing Sona, like you tend to do it as well because um, it's just like a role model for you. And the other thing is when I started playing, my brother said to play Lux because he thought I'd find her fun because you're safe, you're like so far away, you deal a bunch of damage because I still wanted to kill. Like I wanted to kill people and I wanted to fight them. <laughs> but um, even then, I only played Lux in Ezreal. Like I played really stereotypically female champs just because that's what seemed good to me. Like if you show me like Braum or Orn, I'm not interested. I'm just and not. And why is that? Um... I, well, first of all, I hate melee champs. Like, I just hate them. I like having a distance, but I think it's just, they're just boring. They're just really boring. That's it, boring. you just think they're just boring champs. Yeah, Look, and I'm like, I'm okay. playing a game to have fun. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think that I would I would tend to agree. There has to be some form of, like, cultural or some something like that going on. Exactly what you, you guys said. Now, what's interesting is that, for me anyway, in my experience, um... I believe um, kind of, this kind of ties into more the competitive aspect of the game. Okay, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. It's like you're encouraged or you're recommended to play Sona or Enchanters or Champions with range. And the people around you or other, other girls that play are probably going to play them also. So there's that sort of peer pressure. Um, and so everyone around you is telling you to do that. And then you get good at those Champions... So then you're rewarded, and then you can just to comfortable. play them. You know, you don't want to just it's jump and start playing Talon, right? It's like, that doesn't make sense. But, but what's interesting is that for me, in high school, 
I was actually talking to Nathan about this the other day. I have vivid memories about why I got into climbing ranks. And in NA, um, I had one friend in my school named Ben. And I remember we did the lockers when I was, I think it was like six, 17. And we're talking about like, oh, I'm stuck at 1600 ELO and he's stuck at 1500. And we're like talking about this. And I wanted to be better to get to platinum before him. I wanted to beat him. I didn't really care about beating anyone else. I just wanted to be better than my friend at the time. I wanted to be the best in my area out of everyone I knew. And that's why those, if you went to lands at, you probably had guys had lands at FBI and things like that in, in Sydney and things like that. But in Melbourne, we have our own lands. That's what motivated me. Now, what's interesting is that if you go to school, a lot, not many girls tend to play games, whatever reason that is. And, you know, that's probably a very complex issue. Um, kind of touching on things you spoke about, like whether that's your, your upbringing, your parents don't want you to play it and things like that. But what happens, you're missing a whole, you're missing a whole form of motivation to get better at the game. You're missing a whole form of desire. There's no, I want to get better than this person, my friend. Cause when you go to school, you can, I would talk to that guy every morning and be like, Oh, what Elo, you know, what, what did you get? How many games did you win last night? We'll talk about that. That didn't exist. So do you feel like there's a lack because you guys had a lack of other friends growing up in school or even in university, other female friends who were also really into the game that kind of prevented you from experimenting. Because for me, if I'm stuck, I'm going to figure out any way possible, whether it's playing new champions, getting uncomfortable to, to get better than this guy. Do you feel like that was, that had an influence on you guys or was that something that's relevant? kidding i'll go first so i actually went to an all-girls high school so i literally when i was in year seven which is like first year into high school i literally knew no one who played league this was when i was mm. like addicted to league right and obviously i focused more on the people that i spent time with online and i ended up uh idolizing some like high-ranked females are uh, like um kimmy if you guys know who she is she was a challenger adc player in season six in Oshi oc so i really looked up to her i ended up getting to know her and um obviously she was what inspired me into climbing i wanted to like you know over maybe peak her peak i wanted to get better than her i just every time i hit a new lp peak it's because i have someone in mind and i just try to like curtis said overcome their uh, over peak their uh go um peak so yeah um i i did have people they weren't girls but like i did have people that i were actively trying to beat like uh both my brothers because they both played um one of them peaked d1 and the other one peaked rank one early season um so i wanted to beat them and then they stopped playing so i just stayed in diamond but then when I met my boyfriend and he was also high elo, I wanted to be good enough to beat him. So there were still like drives for me. But um, in school, uh, I did talk to like guys that played league at school because I went to a mixed public school. But my friends, none of my close friends played. None of them played any games. But um, so I couldn't really talk to them about it. So it was more online friends as well. But I didn't have any close female friends that played at all so i don't really have that perspective but my friends well, did so make me a cake 
Or they made you a cake. <laughs> they made me for... a cake when I hit diamond the first time. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, That's it's so cute. Cool. Hey, where's, yeah. where's my diamond cake, man? What the hell? Oh, it was, it's actually really good. You missed out. <laughs> that what's, what's what's super interesting, Gabby. So I'm trying to I'm trying to pull trends here. I'm trying to figure out what's going on because look, I I know Kimmy quite well, and Kimmy, mm-hmm. um, her her brother was a pro Dota player, right? One of the best Dota players in the world, and Q-O. he went to TI and everything. QO, right? And so for her story, from a very young age, she always played games with her older brother. Her older brother was not only like a normal gamer, an incredibly naturally talented gamer. Probably one of the best gamers I've ever seen. And um, so that, I can... And, and Kimmy, which was interesting, she was unique in the sense that she didn't play anything like that. She played, yeah, Vayne. She played traditional Eddie carries. She didn't play any of those sorts of champions. And she was very good mechanically. Better, I would say, on par mechanically at the time than a lot of others. Now, that's very similar to you, Gabby, in the sense that you had an older brother, two older brothers that also played the game and were pretty, I would say, very good at the game as well. So you had that competitive drive. Now, what's interesting here, I mean, this is a very small sample size, but Gabby and, and Kimmy, I would say, are very similar in the, in the way you approach the game mentally and the way you approach the game just playing with you guys, you, you, it's very. I get the same vibe. There's that aggressiveness. There's that. There's that search. And this is not to say there's a difference micro-wise, but then I. But Kitty's experience, you've had. You had people you looked up to, but you didn't have that close knit group around. You didn't have an older brother. You didn't have uh, a friendship group around you to push you. Um, you were kind of on your own, largely, like by yourself, trying to find ways to improve. So well, what's um, us. Well, halfway during my rank journey when I was plat, I actually met Katsuri, who's playing for um, CLG right now. And he was a season four challenger. I don't remember, but he was challenger somewhere before when, and he has returned to the game after a year break. And obviously, I started playing with him, and he was obviously probably 10 times better than me, like in terms of brain and hands, just way better than me and I felt like one of the main drives that made me want to get good and climb was to just keep up with him and his friend group because he was friends with all the high elo people and I wanted to like fit in you know so I tried my best to probably keep up with him and his friends I think that was a big part of why I climbed to this rank so, so, both, so both of you Nathan yeah so I mean because I, mean, I think to sum it up, it's like yeah, we had uh, both Gabby and Athena had people around them that were to push mm. them. You know, at the end of the day, Gabby and Athena didn't just play, you know, sit in their you know, room and just play league just because, you know. To some extent, yes. To some but, extent, but, that, right? but that's my point. But that's my point here is that I think that one of the reasons we don't see as many high elo is that Athena and Gabby here are largely probably outlier cases. There's just they probably not enough of, of Gabby and Athena's out there, right? With people like high elo players and stuff like that around or, them. Or Athena happened to meet Katsuri at a very, you know, at a relatively young time in the, as she was really getting into ranked. Conversely, Gabby had two older brothers. So both of them had people around them that were, they, they had motivation to climb. But this isn't, that's, that's much rarer. Just because, again, your friendship group a lot of the time, especially if you're in Athena's situation where you go to an all-girls school, the chances you're going to meet another bunch of people that play the game around you that want to actually get good. It's just like, you know, what are the chances? So we'll put a pin in that. We'll come back to that. Um, 
Nathan, was there another? What was the next area we wanted? I to mean, we got a on? lot of stuff yeah, to go over. So, so the the next thing that I want to um, bring up here. So, the most interesting thing about when we talk about this topic about females in League of Legends esports gaming versus traditional sports. Obviously, in traditional sports, males dominate the very physical sports. You know, like an AFL in terms of Australia, NFL. I mean, at the end of the day, a female can't compete with an, an, an NFL player. You know, it's really, really big, you know, just at the end of the day, there's genetic differences between us, right? So what I actually did some research on was, um, um, what, like, what different skill sets do we possess as males and females? And, um, you know, exploring the potential genetic differences, like, and men just better at um, um, hand-eye coordination. Maybe females are better at, you know, spatial awareness or maybe having, like, more of that supportive mindset, like as Athena said. So um, doing some research on sports, there's there's many sports where men are better than women, both on average and at the elite levels, but there are only a small number of sports where women are equal to or better than men. These are sports like horse riding, rifle shooting, and continuous ultra long distance running and swimming for multiple days with no breaks where strength, speed, and power are not that important. So like these are all, if you looked at that list there, um, you know, these aren't really physical sports, are they? I mean, I guess the, the swimming one, that's more of an endurance thing, right? It's not just like sheer, just short-term strength. Um, so there's a study by this guy, a person called Verma. I don't know if it was a, a he or a she. But there was a study that um, they did... Um, and according to the study, there was greater connectivity within hemispheres would make men better at performing single and focused tasks, while women's connections between hemispheres would make them better at analysis, reasoning, and multitasking. Uh, the notion is supported by a previous study performed on a group of 3,500 people ages 8 to 21, which included the 949 individuals used in Verma's study that I just mentioned before. It found that women perform better at attention, word, and facial memory and social tasks. Men, on the other hand, perform better at spatial processing and hand-eye coordination tasks. Interestingly, the differences were largest in kids, blah, blah, blah. So um, what I'm getting out there, is there a different, like, again, the, the physical aspect doesn't really exist in league or does or is hand-eye coordination, you know, mouse movement, is that really big in your guys' eyes? Like, do you see... Um, potentially things that may be holding you guys back from getting rank one in terms of this stuff? Well, I think for me, uh, speaking for me and Gabby, I think we're not, we just don't have the commitment for the game to hit rank one. Uh, like a lot of other uh, league players who happen to be male, they just have the commitment because uh, obviously if you want to stand out in the pro scene, in the esports scene, you have to hit rank one or else you're just the same as every other league player because Gender does not matter in esports unless because it's all male, right? Well, I mean, there's no so, there's no rules in esports saying females can't play in the LCS yeah, or the LEC, right? There's no rules. Theoretically, they can. They can, but at the current time, there are no female players, and the only way for you to stand out from all the other as a male player to stand out from all the other male contestants is to be extremely good at the game. Which you, is high in solitude. Have, you have to be like rank one, top ten. You, you top just 10. have to be one of the best, or else you won't get recognized. So I feel like for guys, they have a higher requirement. Well, at the moment, they have a requirement to hit this extreme uh, mechanical skill to prove themselves to other. Um, uh, re like if they want to go international, they have to prove themselves to other regions to say that they're 
good enough to fit into that region. But yeah. Did you have any thoughts on that, Gabby? Um, I think Athena's right in that I think like growing up, I considering girls don't really play many games in general, no one's really going to put professional gamer in like their top three careers. You know, no one's either, no one's going to be encouraged either, especially even with your friends to be like, yeah, go get rank one. Like, yeah, go to America, go play internationally. Like no one really says that to you. And I feel like a lot of that drive has to come from yourself. But for women, I feel like it's just not that high on priorities. So. So it's not, you, a, you, I was just going to say, you guys don't believe it's like, um, a sh like a mental block in the sense that, oh, you know, there's no line of thought saying I'm a female. So there's, there's a difference here that I can't reach that level of mechanical ability. It's just the fact that you just haven't put enough time into the game. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's about ability. I think it's more just about the lifestyle of a professional gamer. Like who, what woman that's like 18 wants to live with four 18 year old boys. And like, that, that's, that's what would be the route, right? Because you would be the only yeah. female, theoretically. And so you're thinking more... it's like, even if I become a pro player, it's like, you know, I, I guess in terms of Athena's perspective, being a streamer, is if, even if you were that good, so if you're a rank one, you know, female player, why would you not just be a, take a more relaxing route and be a streamer, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I don't want to live like... with four sweaty-year-old, sweaty 18-year-old sweaty boys, you know? <laughs> like, they probably don't even clean the toilet. Like... I feel like I just wouldn't enjoy that. It just right. wouldn't, it wouldn't be nice. You'd have to really want to be like the best, but even so, you've got so many barriers anyway. So it's like so, there's so many challenges. Even if I try, there's so many challenges for me to get over. It's just not even worth it. That's the mindset. Plus, I reckon considering how socially stunted a lot of pros are, they'll probably all get a crush on you, and then you've got to deal with that as well. So yeah, yeah. I just feel yeah, like the managers inevitable. that's a nightmare. So. Well, okay, look, talking about the benefits quickly, if you were somehow, say some say some uh, female prodigy, like, was raised, it probably wouldn't be in our generation, it would probably be the generation, if, like, we were to have kids, right, it'd be, like, that generation, maybe, were to be motivated and pushed from an incredibly young age to the point where they got could get rank one or close to rank one. The benefit would be is, like, you, you're kind of doing something that no one else has done before. And your fame would be through the roof. Even if you didn't even perform that well in the league. Like, maybe you come, like... Even if you're, like, a bottom three team. But yeah, even well, then, on top of that... Why don't you just be a streamer? Just use that fame to yeah. just be a streamer. Why'd you want a team? That is true. Right? That is true. The incentives are just not there at all. Like, they don't make... No. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Plus, sense. like, just to touch on to that, it's like... I feel like even if you were to become a pro... I feel like women are just more harshly judged in general. Because not only are you the woman the only pro player you're also um there's no one else for them to compare you to so you just you'll just get judged like you will get so much flame not to mention um god forbid if you're unattractive like don't even get me started oh. on the amount of twitch comments you would get i don't even want to think about it <laughs> so it actually makes me hurt thinking about it this is yeah. <laughs> this is what i want to explore what if what if we were to create this perfect who didn't care they're getting judged didn't care about being with four sweaty, you know, male guys that potentially were going to fall in a crush. And well, that, you know, but that's the, that. well, these are things that you could you could fix. Like there, there are yeah, ways around this, yeah. right? So so let's explore going down this route. Like, is it possible? Are they capable? That's why I yeah, mentioned that. That's what I want to know. Is, like, is it just capable? Are it possible? Like what what? Because like, look, when I play with both of you, I don't feel like oh, you know, 
micro there's just like a micro diff or like there's something that like you're incapable of doing it, it feels like like for me right I, I i am better now mechanically than i was when i was 18 by far because i've literally tried to improve at it i've actively gotten better at the game and there's no reason in my mind and even seeing kimmy and we've re- referenced kimmy a few times but just to clarify we, kimmy was the uh i don't know she got challenger did she get challenger uh she did yeah yeah so she was an 80 carry. When, when the cutoff was still low, but you could still get Challenger with that low cutoff. So, even from, from watching her, there was no, in my mind, there was no mechanical boundaries. It's like, it's, they're incapable. Just because she's a female, she's magically just incapable of being good at the game. So this is what's like, I want to explore this. Is it, is it actually, what's holding, what's holding them back? Is it, what is it? Why, why, and, um, in, like you said, Nathan, in a perfect world, the motivation's there. There's a pro like you get your own apartment as well. Like you come to an office space, you live by yourself. Um, so on and so forth. What would that look like? Let's 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 talk about chess. Because chess is obviously not the um it's a it's a pure intellectual, right? And let's explore men and women in chess. So I, I got a lot of this from um, Thorin's video. He talked about about women in esports um, about two years ago. So a lot of this is referenced from his video. Um, so there was a study. I want to get you guys' thoughts on this study, Athena and Gabby, if you guys have similar experiences. There's a study at the University of Padua in Italy, which matched 42 expert female chess players with similarly ranked male opponents online. When the women didn't know who they were playing against or told um, when playing versus another woman it was actually a man, um, they performed as expected. When they were told they were specifically playing against a male, they played dramatically worse. What do you guys think about that? Have you guys had experience with that? Well, I've actually had... That has actually impacted my solo queue experience. The nameplate, the dreaded nameplate of a player. So back in the days, King and Destiny, who are both in America now, they used to dominate OC solo queue. And I, the poor casual League of Legends player, had to lane against two 1K LP bot lane players who are professional. And obviously, this isn't just like because I'm female. I think this is just as a person coming from a casual perspective like who sees the game in a casual uh hobby type of game but i feel like the nameplate creates so much anxiety or like just knowing who you're versing against if just even if they're a a bit better uh than you that anxiety you feel like you play worse yeah the anxiety really hits you and you start like shitting the bed so i feel like uh, if we live in a world where nameplates and we were all just like numbers, I feel like the skill, in terms of skill, uh, females would be a lot closer without, uh, and like, let's say like no chatting, oh, no, like no interaction, just nameplates, just gameplay. I feel like females would be a lot closer in terms of skill and in terms of like ranking. Any thoughts on that, Gabby? Um, I think... I think also, I don't know if this is for you as well, Athena, but for me, when like when I'd verse the dreaded King Destiny duo, it's sort of, I, I was okay with versing them, but when I versed other players um, and they knew that I was a girl, I felt like there was more pressure on me to perform. 
Um, I just felt like I had to really prove myself and to not get flamed and to really outperform. Even when people are streaming, it's like I want to show that I can be good. So I've always found that really difficult. And sometimes the pressure just sort of gets to you, whether you're versing pro players or whether you're just versing um, people that are streaming. You just want to show that you can still be good. But sometimes you, yeah, you shit the bed. Like it just really, it all gets to you, all the pressure. So I, I understand why they would perform worse because you just, you tend to get nervous, especially in that really highly competitive environment. Like it's very anxiety inducing. So. So here's the the best chess player, female chess player of all time. Her name's Judith Polgar. She's a Hungarian chess player, strongest female chess player in history, born in 1976. Uh, 1991 got grandmaster at 15 years old, which was at the time was the youngest to do so, breaking the record of Bobby Fischer, who's one of the greatest chess players of all time. Only woman to qualify for a world championship tournament in 2005. Um, the first and only woman to pass the 2700 ELO rating. Career peak at 2,735. Only woman to have won a single game versus a reigning number one world player and has defeated current or former world championships in rapid or classical chess. Most notably named beaten Magnus Carlsen in one of these game modes. Um, when she was 12, she was asked about um, playing versus boys in chess. She said, quote, These other girls are not serious about chess. I practice six hours a day but they get distracted by cooking and working around the house. That was her own words uh, about, you know, what the, her other female chess counterparts are like. Currently, there is um, 37 of the 600 international chess grandmasters are, are women, so about 2%. Um, the current top-rated female, Hui Yifang, is ranked 89th in the world. Any thoughts on that, Gabby Athena? Uh, I don't know who he's going. <laughs> oh, you can go, you can go. Um, Is this similar to I'm, League? I'm, you know, saying that, that you know, girls just, they're just distracted. Like, I mean, you sort of hinted at the beginning, right? That was sort of what your experience was like growing up. Yeah, this but I back mean, women. it's sort of like, is the fault with the woman or is the fault with the fact that, that she gets told what her priorities are? So I think it's not like personal. I think it's more about your environment where you're raised. Like you don't get encouraged to be competitive. No, not really. So I see Coach Curtis nodding. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Athena. Well, um, I actually have a personal experience with how uh, Nathan was saying how that pro play, uh, that pro chess player was saying that girls were being reminded to do kitchen work and do housework, like do the stereotypical female uh, role duties i actually had a conversation with my dad about potentially going pro you know because uh i've been averaging pretty high lp for the past three years i can if i wanted to go pro in oc i could because uh, a lot of the good players have left i could potentially become like an average or like decent player in the pro scene but my dad uh strongly discouraged uh discouraged me from entering the pro scene uh, and that's because he has a very traditional um, perspective of how a female's life should be played out. I th they think that uh, uni is obviously getting a uni degree. Most pro players, they don't 
finish uni or they they don't even start uni because being a professional player is such a uh limited career uh path for them like it's age limited you know once you get past 25 you're like basically 80 years old in the esports scene and then um my dad was saying how oh you know if you pass this age not getting a a uni like a a piece of paper like a degree then you won't you won't find a job in the future like this playing pro is all fun and games but you have to focus on what's important in life which is getting a uni degree and getting the nine to five job so i feel like a lot of parents is uh, like still stuck or this generation i feel like well that's not just for females right that'll be also the same pressures that males right yeah um but i feel like uh i don't know about gabby but when I was growing up and still to this point, I spent a lot of time on League, right? Like more than the average casual player, I spent a lot of time on League. And my dad's like, oh, this this uh, lifestyle is so unhealthy. Uh, as a girl, you should be going out and like, you should be presenting yourself in a like good... Uh, this this takes my dad... Yeah, like, I'm sure he's a great guy. He's just looking out for his, his daughter, you know? Yeah, but um, <laughs> he's saying how uh, females should be more. They shouldn't be this uh, addicted to. Well, not addicted, but they shouldn't waste their life on video games. Because obviously, your teenage years and your young adult life passes so quickly. And he just finds spending all your time on a dream, which is pro- perhaps uh, entering the esports scene, is um, gonna m- make you regret in the future. And that's why I've been strongly discouraged from entering the pro scene. He doesn't want me to regret because obviously, like Gabby said, if you, you don't, if you don't perform well in the esports scene, you will get judged. And uh, those judgments could potentially hurt you uh, either mentally or like uh, in your reputation. And um, obviously I said, if I wanted to join a team, I could join like an average team. But uh, if, so I could, uh, under um, a certain circumstance, what if my team does bad? Like, let's say we went like the the infamous 0-20, like win-loss, record it would taint my name forever in the pro scene obviously because they're like oh you know you're that person who went zero twenty 20 in the pro scene like you're, you're just permanently bad so i feel like a lot of players are just people who actually want to get into who want to pursue something that's more than like two years in league i feel like uh proving yourself like in skills allows you to join a better team because obviously the better teams want better players and a lot of the female players just aren't there yet in terms of skill and commitment so there's at this current time there's not gonna be likely a chance where a female joins a top tier team and represents that team in like an international competition in my opinion all right, I want to, Nathan, I don't know if you have any more examples. We can come back to that, Nathan. But I want to kind of <clears throat> shift um, shift the conversation a bit around to um, 
Okay, let's just say we had full creative control over League of Legends, right? Because well, firstly, Le- I was just want to give some more, actually, some more examples around oh, um, if females in esports that have won things. So I don't know if you guys know Scarlet. Her name's Sasha Hoiston, only woman to win a major StarCraft II tournament, dominated world-class Koreans. Um, in that tournament, Scarlet is the woman with the all-time highest tournament winnings to date with almost 400,000 of lifetime winnings. So she's been at the top of StarCraft. Her name's Scarlet. Um, Leon, she was a world champ. She won the 2019 Hearthstone Global Finals, I believe. Um, apparently offered grueling process um in terms of qualification through china which the experts considered more challenging than small circuit um she was crowned the winner in november at blizzcon and took up the opportunity um to talk about issues of sexism and gender equality in the scene so these are two female players that have reached the top in individual games right so this is hearthstone and starcraft the only female player to my knowledge, to have won something in a team, like playing with other males, was Hafu, who won a 3v3 World of Warcraft tournament all the way back in MLG Orlando 2008. So those are some statistics for you there. We've had teams, all female teams, like CLG Red, CSGO team, could barely get to the top of a um, of the CSGO scene. Dota 2 team, there was a one called Team Secret. Obviously, we had the Sirens in League of Legends, who was 2014, obviously, more of an infamous team. So if we really look at um, team sports, it's, and again, this maybe this goes back to all the challenges, Gabby, you talk about as a family, you just don't want to be in a gaming house where, you know, or playing with a bunch of, you know, four other 18-year-old, 19-year-old, you know, probably emotionally immature men. Um, or boys, that's what we should probably be calling them. Um, so yeah, so that's that's interesting that the that women have reached again. I mean, look at the study for chess as well. Um, I mean, there's no, there's been no female chess world champion, but there has been champions in these individual games. What you guys have any thoughts on that, Athena, Gabby? Um, talking about all those statistics actually reminded me of a tweet I saw earlier today. It was a female who hit rank one in Overwatch, and this was posted. 20 hours ago her at is aspen underscore ow and she actually hit rank one in overwatch wow what, what region fact. uh i think she's in america northern she is currently looking for team uh, she doesn't have much but i just know she made a post where she hit rank one and it was like 4.7k in the ladder which i guess is the highest elo for that la- uh for the overwatch ladder so yeah, that was interesting. All right, there we go. We've got our world champion. Problem solved, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in sort. Oh, I forgot to mention, um, Aspen, the, the person who made the tweets, actually a support player as well. So that's really interesting. Interesting. Well, okay, that kind of segues nicely into what I was going to say. So, like, what I was going to say was, um, okay, if we had full creative control over League, right? Riot, we're sitting around the boardroom, right now we could change we could, and, and let's just say this was even at the beginning of league let's just say this was yeah season one right what would happen if all of these girl champions that were pretty and cute were actually all melee bruises 
Like playing what in the mid lane and top lane and jungle and all yeah. the supports. All the supports were male. What, what yeah. would happen? What what what? Because what I'm trying to figure out here is what steps could Riot take now to potentially address this. Um, so yeah, I want to take an extreme case, and we've got, I've got a few ideas. What is one of them? What's your take on this? What, how would this change? The, how would this have changed the future of league? Well, would I would have had changed it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't play them because I don't find that playstyle fun. So, just wouldn't have played they... league. Hmm? So you oh. it wouldn't have played league altogether. Or you would have played melee ch- uh, the male champions. I I would have played male champions. I wouldn't have played melee bruiser supports. I've like I've never played pants support. I never will. Um, I think if that happened, I'd probably play mages mid. Um, why can't they make like a very feminine, like long range jungler or something? Maybe that would yeah. be played a bit more. Well, Lilia. Lilia is... I play Lilia. <laughs> yeah, Lilia's awesome. Lilia, Lilia's a really good champ design. Yeah. Um, okay. Athena? Well, I, I play Brom. Brom is, like, my most played melee champion. I feel like I don't play uh, Enchanters because... Well, obviously, they, oh, they're cute, you know. But I feel like I'm my entire playstyle is just more suited to more the the protective and disengaged support. Yeah, the disengaged supports, not not just like oh, the females. Mm. But yeah, uh, I feel like if they introduced champions that were like also passive but male, and their designs were like brawn, etc. Like you know, I wouldn't. I would still approach them because. Okay, interesting, because, okay, what would, okay, let's even, let's look at this deeper then. What would have happened then if, um, okay, there would be a percentage of these, of these, um, women, female players who actually played these other roles then. I would say a larger percentage of them that would have otherwise went to support role, maybe would have played top lane or mid, or even jungle, let's just say one of those roles, a, a, a solo role, um, Kind of what I'm getting at here, my what I potentially think is that there is a skill set you develop, and there's a way of viewing the game. So, speaking from personal experience, when I when I was when I was a pro mid laner, um, when I first started, I was a mage player. I was known for like a lot of my mages, and I got to a point where I was capped. Like at the time, I was versus Claire and Swiffer and all these players who played. Um, there was like Zed and LeBlanc came into the meta and all assassins. So I had to, because sh- I had a very like like the like you guys are saying a very similar approach to the game. I loved being long range mage. I loved disengaging. I loved using my spells from a distance and not really committing. I I hated playing assassins in all games. If I went to like Diablo, I always played a, a, a mage. I didn't play a, a, a warrior. I never played that style. But what happened was that um I forced myself to play it i got uncomfortable and i did it and i learned zed and then i played zed at a tournament pax or abx or whatever and i and i beat claire and it was a huge mental breakthrough for me it was like wow i'm actually i could do that you know i can win with these champs i can win with these champions It, it and and i now see the beauty and i see the i see the the advantages to playing this style when beforehand I had a fixed mentality towards it's like, oh, you know, I love this. I'm comfortable. It works. I see the strengths. Screw playing melee champions. And a part of me thinks that if we were to introduce more of these champions to other roles, female, pretty, cute, 
don't know how that would work in a champ design. Maybe like a like panthers or some shit. I don't know. Or like demon fairies and stuff. I don't know. Um, but you get the point. Where like be creative with champ design to 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 at least incentivize um, or have more creative kits. Like Lilia, perfect example. Really awesome kit, female. But it's it's not necessarily like a fully supportive. It's more like a semi carry utility champion. This would actually unlock and create and have a flow-on effect to um, opening the mind or opening the realm of possibilities for a lot more female players in the game. And I think if Riot were to have introduced this in Season 2 or Season 1, the future of what theme gaming in League specifically, either it could have went two directions. One, females, just, a lot of women don't even play the game. It's like, oh, screw this, I don't resonate with any of these characters. The, 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 I want to play a supportive style champion and they don't exist that are female. Conversely, they go down that path, they play those champions, they develop a new skill set, and it's like, oh, wow. I just played Lilia, and I found that really fun. What are other champions that now are similar? And then you might like Nidalee, then you might like, oh shit, I might actually go a little bit further on that side and play like, what's an in-between between Nidalee? Maybe something more carry-oriented, like a Shivana or whatever it is. And then you go down that rabbit hole. Would, what would you guys think about that? Or am I just gone nuts here? I think um, a couple of thoughts on that is that for me, um, when I started playing Thresh and Bard, I got flamed and they would say, no, play Nami or play Lulu. They didn't want me to play more aggressive supports. Um, so if I, for example, I've thought about going to jungle a lot, um, but if I wanted to, I think I would have to go on another account and like a completely anonymous account so that no one knows and no one can influence what I play because yeah, like the design could be nice, but the other thing is that a lot of people prefer that supportive, more yeah, non-committal playstyle. And as you said, you had to become uncomfortable. And that's what I had to do as well. But a lot of people play casually. So mm. they don't really want to. So Right. So you yeah. don't think it would have made that much of a difference? Um, I mean, like it's a nice idea, but I think it's more that a lot of women want to play casually and no yeah. one really pros being being pro is scary. That's a scary idea. So, but, but look, to play devil's advocate, I don't. I play and try to get good, good at the game, but I'm not trying to go pro. And I recommend a lot of people try to get good at the game because I think it's an amazing hobby. I think it's really cool to push yourself and see what you're capable of. Learn how to learn. Learn, yeah, learning how to yeah. learn, push yourself, and getting uncomfortable. I think it's the most amazing personal development. Helps you in all areas of life. Um. So look, look, you can still aim for challenger or grandmaster and not want to go pro. So, like, I, I mean, look, I know where you're coming from, but I, I, I just, what I'm getting at here is I just feel like, largely, right now, I'm trying to figure out creative solutions to, to even the playing field and to compensate for the, for the bullshit cultural poison, I don't know a word, like, there's, like, a poison that's, like, running through the female like people's perception of a female playing the game and i'm trying to come up with a, like a like a an anti like a vaccine or some shit to to how can we counterbalance this what what creative ways could we do this and look i i, I don't know changing the champion design that might not be it maybe removing duo that's the other one i had here was removing duo would remove would have removed duo ages ago 
because I know Kitty, you duoed a lot with uh, Rob or Katsuri. You could look at that two ways. I was thought I thought about this a lot with you, Kitty. Is one was I know Rob had a very positive effect on your level of play in the sense that he would have taught you a lot about the game because he took the game very seriously. Was a very good at eighty carry from a young age, um, and you duoed with him a lot, so you got to learn and know what it was like. And I know he always used to tell me, he's like, I'm trying to, he would say, I'm trying to get um, Kitty to play more melee champions because I hate playing with enchanters and stuff like that. He would tell me that because um, he says they're useless. <laughs> stuff. Just losing lane, just towers in one plate. Like, he's like, I just want an Alistair on my team. Um, but anyway, I know he had positive effects on you, but at the same time, again, playing devil's advocate, I think there's a toxicity to that you're not being forced to get uncomfortable you're you're hacking in a way you're you're cheating the uncomfortability factor in, in a way i'm not saying you're not fully unco- not comfortable but you have rob there that guiding your learning process but if you were alone and there was no juror ever from the beginning of time and you could only either play normals or there was solo queue would that have had an effect a positive effect on your ability to climb in solo queue, knowing that it's all on you and that you had to get uncomfortable to figure it out. Okay, so for me and for a lot of casual players, duo queue was actually the main reason why we wanted to climb because you spend time with your friends, you know? So maybe if you get rid of duo queue, then like you wouldn't even want to play ranked anymore because you can't spend time with your friends because I know mm. people play solo queue for like six hours plus, you know? You don't want to... Uh, I know now it's it, it gets very lonely because obviously they removed duo challenger uh, grandmaster was it masters and above I think masters above uh, yeah yeah they got rid of duoing masters and above and a lot of um, my friends were saying how oh it's getting lonely it's kind of boring you know it's not the same anymore but I feel like if Curtis was saying oh they got rid of uh, duoing as a whole from the very beginning of the game. League of Legends would actually lose a lot of their players from just how you saying uh, specifically female players as well, or just no? All, I'm just saying players. I'm just saying in all like players. a yeah. general way, but they would lose a lot of their player base because they can't interact with their their friends. You know, uh, League is a team based game. If you want to play with your friends, it's, you could either play with one, which is ranked, or you could play with five, which is in your normal game. You know, fascinating, interesting. So you think that. The, one of the reasons you are able to get Challenger now solo is because you duoed and had that motivation to play through duo queue. Yeah, because, you know, I would finish high school. I, I would, like, finish school. I would go home. I would play League with my friends, and I would go to sleep, you know? I would spend time with my friends, which was playing solo queue. It doesn't matter if, like, who I was playing with. As long as I, like, got to enjoy the same game as them, it made me want to play more, which is where, like, the continuation of like keep on dueling comes from you know you, you just keep on you just want to keep climbing with this person and it gives you the motivation to climb okay i'll just go back and forth on this one because i'm 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 passionate about this one i've never met a single player who's actually been better because they duoed never and and the reason being is that i think duoing makes players worse because it, even even specifically just we're not even... Let's just say um, it wasn't because you knew the person. Let's just say you just picked someone randomly off your friends list and you duoed. Um, and there was no friendship factor. But like you calmed and everything like that. Um, the reason I think people play worse is because 
there is a factor of you're, you're having to process less information. You have someone on your team, like you said, that's one of the things about in solo queue, you said one of the ways to climb solo queue is you get, you, you know everyone in the community and like if you're someone on your team, you get on Discord and you calm in Discord, right? That's something you can do. I don't do that ever, even if I get asked to do that, because I think it makes people worse. With The reason being is like, if someone says to me, say I'm playing mid, and then my support says, um, look, we're heavy trading bot, like we need help. Or my top laner says, XYZ information top. This is taking me away from processing the information that I should have been processing myself. I don't need to worry about support roams because Kitty and bot lane is telling me that, you know, Bard's roaming, you know, Gabby's roaming mid to kill me. But if I was solo, I'm going to get punished for that roam. I'm going to miss that. And I'm going to die. Then I'm going to get into my review and be able to improve that skill set. I'm getting compensated by you, Kitty, by you telling me that Gabby's missing. She's going to roam mid. Same thing for bot lane. Your duo bot, your AD carry is actually probably not getting as good at the game because you're able to track the jungle for them. Um, and, 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 And playing devil's advocate here, do you think that Yes, there's a motivation factor or a fun factor. But do you think that that fun factor outweighs or the motivation factor outweighs the benefits you would get from playing solo? Because there's, 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 I can see there's benefits for both. But in your experience, now that you solo queued right now, you've solo queued from now Master Zero P to you got to 500 and something LP Challenger. The level you've had to play now to get to the rank you're at and the current level of play you're at right now, what's the difference? Uh, well, what you were saying, I actually agree to what you were saying. Playing with a duo makes the game... Uh, obviously, you choose a reliable person that you can come with. So they end up... Uh, you end up just focusing more on yourself instead of focusing... Uh, around the map which is league of Le- like you have to have good map awareness for league of legends you have to think ahead of time to be good at league of legends but if someone keeps feeding you all this information you obviously get like a you, you just like uh, overload information overload no not an overload but like um, you get like a, a an easy way out into the game right you you, you mm. don't like your brain isn't processing as many uh things as you should be if you're playing solo and no one was talking to you. So I actually uh, see a big difference in me playing duo and me playing solo in the terms of how much I'm thinking. Uh, when I play solo, I'm more demanding. I'm more like uh, I, I, I focus on timers more. I focus on like objectives more. I play the map uh, more aggressively. But if someone is in comms with you, and they were telling you about like what they were gonna do. You don't worry about it. You're just like, yeah, go for it, man. Like I'll just be chilling here. When usually you'll be like, oh my god, what's my jungler thinking? But if the jungler's telling you, oh, you know, I'm gonna plan on doing this, 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 and this, and they're like, oh, cool, man. Like I don't have to worry about all that thi- uh, all that stuff that I should be worrying about if I was playing solo. So I feel like playing solo, yes, you get better as a player, but. I think the main factor in the fun that comes out of League is ultimately winning the game. The most fun you get out of the game is obviously winning the game. Mm. 
So it depends on which one you value more. It's like, um, do you just do you value like friendship more, or do you value your mechanical improvement more? You know. Right. Also, so we're basically agreeing with the same thing. Then. Yeah, I, which, I I agree with you. Yeah. Mm. But that's interesting, though. But but what's interesting, and just to sum this summarize this one up, is that that's what I'm saying. What would happen if we were to go back in time and <clears throat> duo was never a thing in solo queue? How much better would you be? But then at the same time, then you're saying you may not have even played that much ranked at the same time. I, I, I don't know. Because it just so happens that a lot, and, and this is, again, maybe a stereotype or a generalization, but a lot of um, girls do duo. What the hell is that again, sound? It's, again, it's the whole support ADC thing. Yeah. They just happen to duo. duo so, like, so I think that's one of those self-fulfilling prophecies. It's like... You know, I've got introduced to the game, play Lux, just so happens to be a supportive character which goes in bot lane. Bot lane is better when you're duo. Great, let's duo all the time. I'm now have to be, I, I don't have to be as independent. I can kind of, you know, focus. I mean, I can have an easier ride in a way. Not to say you don't have to improve, you definitely have to be good. You can't just get randomly carried to like challenger. You just have to be a very good support player. But, um,. I think it's self-fulfilling prophecies. You're actually kind of hurting yourself at the same time while doing it. So, uh, I don't know. That's just my take on it anyway. Do you have much experience, Gabby, with DuoQ? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was about to say, I like, I'm kind of similar to Kitty in a way in that I, I actually never, ever duoed until I started dating my boyfriend. And then we duoed um, pro- probably for about a year. But I improved so much because i met him i was playing on autopilot i didn't really actively think about the game and then through playing with him um he's actually a mid player but he played ad with me to sort of show me more the perspective of what the ad wants from a support um because i never played ad i never wanted like i never thought about what my ad particularly wanted i just thought about what i wanted to do as a support but like he told me more about how to like micromanage the game, how to ping, what to expect, and how to like think ahead in the game for what every player wants for their uh, win. But um, now that I'm not doing, I haven't duoed since, and I find that yeah, when I did play duo, I felt like I wasn't thinking for myself as much because he thought for me as well. So he would be like, um, "Our jungler wants to do this, so you have to go with him," or you know, their jungle is doing this, so you need to go and do this. Um, but that, at the same time, that taught me more about what I need to do when I'm solo. But I like I did heavily improve from that bit of duo queue, but now I've just decided I don't like duo queue anyway. So I don't really like talking to people. So <laughs> You like being on comms, Gabby. <laughs> oh, God, no. Um, I don't yeah, know. I'm the, I think I'm the same. Yeah, I'm the same just, as well. Plus, and then it's awkward if people let you down or if you let them down, and then it's just awkward. But I think, like, back to what Kitty said, is that the appeal of duo queue is that you play with friends. But if your friends aren't good enough, then you don't want to play with them. So that's a bit more awkward, whereas both Kitty and I had people that were good that we wanted to duo with that helped us. But I don't know how it would be like if, like you were better than someone that wanted to do it with you. I don't know. That would probably just hurt you more, or maybe you'd help them improve. I'm not really sure. But the I idea mean, of removing yeah. duo queue is pretty... I like it. 
I'm sick yeah, of the I mean, uh, If you're playing with someone that's worse than you, it's just that's never gonna. You're never gonna improve. I mean, at the end of the day, you're you're crutching yourself, right? So. Um, all right, so I think that's the duo queue topic. Curtis, did you have anything else on that? Oh, I just want to No, nah, that was that was where, I, um, where I'm at. You can riff on from that, Nathan. So, so I guess like, like sort of sort of come into the end here. In conclusion, yeah, going back to the original question: Can there be a female world champion? Obviously, we talked about a lot of um, uh, potential challenges. You know, socially, culturally. Um, we've gone over some examples of some female players that have accomplished things in esports. Uh, we have talked about the most similar thing you could maybe talk to about League of Legends, like it's more of like an intellectual game rather than like a physical game in terms of chess versus League of Legends. I'm just going to pose a question straight up. Athena, Gabby, can there be a world champion in League of Legends, a, a female player? In, uh, it doesn't, we don't have to do a timeline here. Let's say in 50 years, 100 years, even let's yeah. say legal survives forever. You think there will be, Gabby? Yeah, I think, I think I don't know. Like at the same time, there are still so many other um, variables in it. Like, for example, if there were to be one, it would probably be from like Europe or from Korea. But then you've got to look into their cultures and what's discouraging women in the first place. But in terms of like mechanics, um, and in terms of drive, if they have both of those, then absolutely, it's just whether it's worth it. I think that's how. And I when you say it. worth it, what do you mean? You mean fulfilling in terms of yourself, um, your achievements, money-wise? I think yeah, more like it? is it practical for you? Like for a lot of these people, they go into it straight from high school. Like they they haven't had to do much yet. You know what I mean? Whereas for me, I was raised go to uni. You know, go to uni, get a job. I didn't. No one said go be a pro player. So I feel like if they have the proper environment, it can happen. Athena? Yeah, I, I agree with Gabby. Um, I feel like if the, obviously the environment you grow up in is very important. I feel like if you're surrounded by people who understand that the esports scene, which um, in this day and age, maybe still half the parents are still, they still have a more traditional mindset. But once, uh, let's say the Gen Z people become parents and they have a thorough understanding of the esports scene and they raise a kid who has been uh encouraged to play or like a female that has been encouraged to play games and encouraged to enter the pro scene i think in the future yeah it is, it is possible so so you're saying the environment they grow up in is very important like they would have to be encouraged and potentially even coached yeah from a young age there's some great examples here in terms of women that have changed the game in terms of um ufc specifically ronda rousey i don't know if you guys know much about her um she was born and bred to be an athlete a world champion you know her, ma her mother was a judo champion in 1984 ronda rousey started judo at the age of 11 was was trained by her mother won an olympic gold medal in judo and then went on to ufc to dominate the sport in terms of her weight division in female and literally brought so much attention to the game that and literally broke i think um she was the one that really pushed for a female section of ufc because ufc was originally only for males so she literally introduced the whole female section to um ufc well, you know was a big part of that so um another example there serena williams obviously these are two sports that have 
segregated in terms of female only competition and then obviously male only competition in terms of tennis serena williams coached by her parents she had an older sister that she trained up with um and she said they got better from each other she said in a quote an interview i don't want to mess up because i would ruin um, her sister's practice so that was her sort of her motivation many gold medals between them um won many majors obviously serena williams obviously great but both of these examples here that have huge been the best greatest female players of all time um were started and coached at a very young age um essentially born and bred by their parents to be you guys are just going to be the best at the sport and that and that probably hasn't existed yet for esports has it there's probably not been a single one yeah look i'm gonna be yeah Oh, sorry, go on, you guys, sorry. Oh, I was saying how esports is literally the newest career path for a lot of young people. So mm. obviously a lot of parents don't understand how esports works yet. So yeah, in the future, when people get more educated on how esports is a legitimate way of um, earning money, uh, I think it'll be more accepted to be, they'll, they'll be pushed more into that type of career. I'm going to be really, uh, I'm usually very optimistic. I'm going to be, this is just my take on it. I'm kind of, it's going to sound very negative. In the next, you're always negative on the podcast. You're the negative guy. I'm the positive guy. I am very negative. In the next 50 to 100 years, there will never be a pro, not even world champion. I'm saying even just go pro, base level pro in league in a major region. That's my take. Explain, Curtis. Explain yourself. All right. Um, I mean, this is a solidify this conversation today because look, let's just break this just super simple. Okay. Boom. First one, even if maybe, you know, Kitty and Rob, they have a kid 10 years down the line, they put all that time and energy into like the kid getting really good at the game. And like they introduce gaming at a very young age, they shove him in front of a computer and play the game, whatever, and, and they have it, and they bring about a really um, healthy environment. Yes, I believe that 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 uh, girl would be very good, could get very good at the game. But I'm talking about League of Legends specifically here. If we're talking a solo game, you were referencing sports before, you were looking at StarCraft, Hearthstone, um, what was the other? And, and it's almost any solo game, I think that it's possible. But League of Legends specifically, in a major region, even if that person were to get very good because we know... So we say rank one on the ladder, rank one on the solo queue ladder. I think they could even, yeah, get very high rank challenger. I mean, yeah, there's no reason why they couldn't get rank one. I think that is even possible. But, okay, yeah, I, I do think that is possible. But even if they were to be that good, like to get rank one, I don't think that teams, orgs would want that burden. I don't think they that they would actually sign them up without them being a publicity stunt. The and sad what's the reality. Burden? What's the burden? The sad is? reality because the, the complications, it, it, the feed, like the, the the sad reality is that the league community sucks us. I hate the league community. At the end currently. of the day, <laughs> currently, I mean, this so is why I'm point. an outlier. I, I, I mm. this is why I do my thing, and I'm I don't stream on Twitch. I don't. I don't associate with the esports industry anymore. I don't talk to anyone in solo queue. I'm a lone wolf because I hate the league community. I hate the league Reddit. I do my own thing, and I because I have zero faith in the direction of the league community. It's I think it's immature. The role models are terrible. Um, you got like people like LS and 
you know, stuff at the helm. Um, there is no positive direction. And what's going to happen is that even if a, a girl were to get that good, because of how toxic the league community is, that girl will be so, like, targeted. She'll get targeted in solo queue. She'll get bullied on social media. She will get... even, And, and they know that if she were to play in the league, teams would target her. Because they would view her as a weak link and like, let's just target her, even if our strategy doesn't even make sense, let's bully her. Let's let's make her lose, because then she will lose her confidence because she's going to get targeted from the public. It will be a, a, an absolute travesty. Not even because she's bad, it's just because she's just going to get targeted. And I don't think an org will take on that risk. That's why I, don't, I just don't think they will. And no, it's sad. Really it. <laughs> yeah, it's sad. It's so sad. And I think, like, it's not even the fact that they're incapable of getting that good. It's just, it's so, so sad where the league community, I don't think, I don't have faith that they're going to be able to condone that. And, and look, there's that part of it. But then think about this, you know, using, let's call Athena and Rob, sorry, Athena, I'm, I'm kind of shoving you under okay. the bus here. But let's just say little Bobby, you know, little Bobby, I mean, no, not Bobby, um, create a name here, um, Katarina. Um, goes to school, the chances that her, again, she's going to have a lot of external motivators deterring her from not going down that route. Her friendship group, her teachers, the list goes on. And like Gabby said, if she's not attractive, she's probably going to be insecure and get like screwed up. Like she will just get like so mentally bullied it'll be it'll be uh, terrible to see you think and if she is attractive no, let's say if she is attractive it's even worse if she is attractive she's gonna have like a trillion guys hit on her she's gonna have to be like an iron wall defense 24 7 and to be honest if she's attractive she's gonna be so pulled away from playing games because she's getting invited to 20 parties 24 7 she's gonna get asked out by all these like hot guys at school unfortunately i just don't see it and it sounds brutal, but I just don't see it. So again, it's like, what happens if the, let's say, you know, using the examples, the parents here, Athena and, and Gatsuri <laughs> Rob, there's in, you just peaked out on mental resilience, mental strength in terms of like, this yeah. is what you're going to be like growing up. This is what it's going to be like. And the parents just keep, at the end of the day, parents probably have the most influence on kids mm. growing up, 100%. right? What if you instill that in an in in, in early age and then understand this is how it's going to be, this is how it's going to be, this is how it's going to be, and then nothing phases that, that female well, that won't play. Well, like what's interesting, up. Nathan, is that I read a tweet, and I totally agree with this. It says, parents control the environment. Control If you're a kid, parents control your environment for the first like 12 years or something like 10, 12 years. And then your friends control your environment. And then your colleagues and your and stuff like that, control, and your partner control your environment. So it's like segmented. Yes, the parents mm. will largely control your environment and the way you view the world for the first 12, 15 years. But then your friendship group and society environmental, and we know how weak mentally people are brought up nowadays. Like you're just fucked because you're just social media and just like, you know, the chances of Katarina using that this little child's name, being that mentally tough, even if Athena and Rob are like the greatest parents of all time, like the goats of like developing mental resilience, Katarina's going to get like brought down and shoved in the gutter as soon as she gets into high school. I can't see it. 
Yeah, but but that that first fifteen years is the most important. Would you agree? That's agree. more important than those others. So again, what happens if you if you instill it there, and then that that just influences the rest of her life to become a world champion, League of Legends. Well, but that's step number one. We've got to remember how hard it is to even get that good at League. Yes, and especially by the time we're talking, we're talking fifty years from now. League is going to be there. Being good at the game will be a, a viable career path by then. And it's going to be like incredibly, incredibly difficult so already she's, now. She's going to have to compete against all these male players getting coached by their parents from a well, young just, age. Let's look at the odds. Let's just look. Let's just look at the raw numbers. Statistically speaking, it like it's harder to be a league pro league player in NA than it is to be like an actual athlete in like NFL, American football, or like NBA. It's ridiculous. The, the numbers. Don't make sense. It's so hard to go pro. Okay. Now look at the percentage of the amount of these that are male and female. All right. So let's just look at the percentage. Then on top of that, once you've got that, being a female, not only is it already impossible, well, not saying impossible, very, very hard, just baseline. There's all the added difficulties for being a female on top of that. That's why I just think just run the numbers in only a 50, 50 year period of time, a hundred year period of time. There's just no way. I don't think it's even close, actually. That's that again. I'd I'd love to get your guys' take on that as well. So, if if hypothetically the culture was fixed, you think it it was possible? Yes. Yeah. If the I think that if the league community made a drastic turnaround and 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 became a, a very healthy environment um and and community over the next fifty years, then sure. Okay, but that's I'm basically not how I feel. Yeah, that's basically yeah. how I feel as well. But it's sort of like the problem isn't just with the league community, though, as we know. Like, it's in every gaming community. So it's the internet. That's just the internet. Yeah, I know. There, right? So it's like, I don't know as well if it could happen in a 50-year period of time. I just feel like at the moment, the risk of doing it is just too high. And, yeah, just the amount of flack that you will get simply mm -hmm. just for being the first one to do it would just be unimaginable. Look, and, and, and I'll, yeah, I totally, I totally, I'm, you're spot on. And, and, and the other thing, I, I, this is kind of a spicy take, and hope I don't get trouble for this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, but look, if we look at um, the majority of league uh, league streamers, specifically Kitty, right? Um, female league streamers, it's, it's a very small percentage of them that are watched purely for their skill right the whole you know like the the sexual marketplace of twitch tv that that's just you know it's it's like a it's it's like you know people a lot of the time just watch girl streamers because they got their tits hanging out and stuff like that right that's just the reality um sex sells well sex sells right and it's a great strategy now it's a bonus if you're good at the game and you're attractive. You know, it's a, it's a one plus one. Um, but at the same time, as a young girl growing up in this in this thing, I feel like this is even just going to get bigger and bigger. This industry of sex sells, especially within Twitch, I think like there's going to be another Twitch and there's going to be a new platform, you know, things all the time. That's even going to be a bigger industry. So all the, pl all, all the girls that are even pretty good at the game, they'll... Why this they're not incentivized to go down, down to the, you can the, make the like a, out. 
Look how much money half these girl streamers make on Twitch. It's ridiculous. You can make an insane career, but just sitting there playing games and and just chilling. Have to worry about the Why stress would you do that? Being a, a team environment. The, I mean, even from Mel, the stress for being a professional player is in, insane. Yeah, right? even like that's like Pansar Dragon that, that you were telling me, Nathan, the rank one NA jungler. Yeah, yeah. He just turned into a content creator and a streamer because he tried. He got rank one, didn't get picked up. Doesn't make sense for him to try and be a pro player when I can just make shitting on a bronze player content and get a lot of views and be a streamer you know so there's that aspect as well um i've gone pretty ham here sorry if i've taken over the show here uh, <laughs> right, this is, okay, so have you listened to what i said this is the curtis show and nathan just the guest <laughs> no all right let's get in here uh thoughts gabby athena on any anything curtis said controversially well, obviously, being a pro player is a lot more demanding on your lifestyle. You have a strict schedule. You'll probably be playing League 7 to 12 hours a day. It's very draining. And even and it's a competition. Obviously, losing will demoralize you very hard. So I feel like a lot of the content creators at this time and age, where they're like popular on Twitch, they chose that lifestyle because it's a lot more stress-free. They, they get to do whatever content they want. They don't get, they don't get judged if they like do bad in a comp. Like, a lot of the pro players get judged heavily on how their record is in like the pro uh, league scene, like how their team's performing. And either you get bashed or you get praised. But I feel like as a content creator, you can you can kind of build yourself a reputation or like an image you where, can control your brand you, can, you have more control yeah, you have control of your brand yeah you have more control of your brand um people aren't affecting your brand like other teammates like um imagine if one of your teammate was like literally the worst player in the entire scene you would obviously get shit for it but like as a content creator you have more freedom in what you like to sell to the market mm, it's all on you 100 mm-hmm. percent so you would so, say, Athena, you're more incentivized to do what you're doing now, be a streamer, rather than yeah. pursuing trying to go down the professional League of Legends route. Space of lifestyle. Yeah, the lifestyle is very different, and I feel like just the amount of stress, not only from the the amount of stress that other people give you and the amount of stress that you put on yourself. Like, imagine if you're having a bad day in in solo queue. You can't just like stop playing for like two days or a week because it's your job. You have to play it. So sometimes people just uh, they they lose their what what wanted what they they lose their motivation, which was what they wanted to thrive off in in pro play anyway in the first place. So I feel like uh, yes, sex does sell and. I feel like um, in this day and age, streaming is just such a relatable and like uh, very, I forgot the word, oh no, Um, people just, you know how YouTube is like the replay, uh, like TikTok, you replay stuff, like the amount that you can absorb from the internet, Mm. I think Twitch is just very... uh, at the top of their a game right now so people are obviously moving more towards into the streaming industry than into the pro industry and there's no um you don't have there's no requirements of being a, a, 
a content creator. You don't have requirement, like strict requirements. You don't have to be extremely good at the game. So I feel like a lot of females play, uh, move into that department instead of be becoming a pro player in the first place. Do either of you know any female players that are actively trying to be a professional player? Honestly, I don't know anyone at my level besides Kitty. <laughs> I don't. I don't know a single player. Um, I know in other regions. Uh, I know in NA. Uh, there's this girl called Gamer Girl. She's the Katarina one trick, and she finishes Challenger like every single season for the past two years, I think. Uh, and she doesn't play with a face cam. She rarely posts what she looks like. She only has a voice and her gameplay, and she racks in like 3K viewers every single day she streams. So I feel like, uh, yes, girls can be viewed, like people watch uh, girls' content for their skill. So it's not like impossible, you know, like girls are good at the game. It's just not a lot of people, not a lot of girls are good at the game for people to attract people into their like gameplay, you know? Mm. I feel like so. the other thing is that like, if you're at that level where you have the potential to go pro, if you really commit, like for, for men, it's like a more lucrative but possible thing to do. And for women, it's like, why would they want to commit all that energy into something that no one else has shown them can be done and into something that just looks like all the odds are against you. Whereas, as Kitty said, you can go into streaming. That's way like less stressful for you. You can make more money. Um, it's just, I just feel like it's a better option unless you have that really personal drive where you want to be the best and you want to be a pro. But it just seems like with the culture, um, of the league community at the moment, it just doesn't really seem like something anyone would want to do. Just unfortunately. So again, does it just need the one? Just that what the Ronda Rousey, the Serena Williams, and then let, let's say Gabby, if you had one of those to strike, let's say there was a female world champion, do you think that would have motivated you to be a more professional player, or still then you'd still think it's just not worth it? Um. At the moment, I would still think it's not worth it. Like, I've thought about it too. Like, we've all thought about it, but like, I've already gone to uni. I've already done all that. So, I'm too old. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. your eat, kitty. <laughs> well, the obviously, is the, the last hope. it depends on like how <laughs> how much the female esports is paying and how much exposure it's getting in on social media to make it a stable, like, and to make it a stable job or an income. But I feel like not a lot of people would fund into like an all girls tournament like esports because obviously we've seen team siren we've seen that one girl team from russia they they made absolute jokes of themselves it's really sad and um i i feel like just the culture in league of legends like the community in league of legends they just don't want to uh fund into something that potentially might end up in a, a loss of money so okay. obviously mm -hmm. well i was gonna say do you guys find it offensive because like look i find it offensive that there is even talk of a, a female league like does it not offend you uh it doesn't uh, offend me i think we can we can compete just as much it just depends on if we want to yeah, but that, but but that's the point, right? But that showing that, like, because it makes sense for there to be a female league in basketball or a physical sport. But in my mind, 
if it's all even playing field, why would there need to be a female league? That just that's I just find that offensive. If I was a, if I, I mean, it's so it's hard easy for me to say it. Like, yeah, well, there's, a female, there's, but there's female chess. Offensive. The uh, there's a female chess only section. What? Yeah. I just feel like there's like this stigma on female being like less interesting or not as competitive. Like when you go to other female sports, like when you go to um, female soccer, like professional soccer. That everyone just jokes around saying like oh i don't watch that like why would you watch that when you can watch the men's i feel like the same thing would happen so i'd rather still have it mixed i wouldn't want it to be segregated at all yeah that doesn't make sense to me at all yeah and there's no rules around it there's no rules like that just hurts the female like you always see that stuff about like oh let's have an all-female competition yeah we're for female power and shit no that's like actually hurting you if anything. well if, if you really think about it it's also like let's say in in all these others like let's say in esports specifically again if we're thinking that there's not really barriers in terms of physical um capabilities because you know it's obviously just sitting there playing a computer game um women in a way are discriminating against men by making their own leagues what happens if you were the again theoretically the best female player you have your own female leagues, plus you can play in the male tournaments because there's no rules about females playing in males. You get to win all that prize money. That's that's possible, right? Well, obviously, right, we make a restriction for it, but um, have you guys heard of uh, Mayumi's uh, situation with Ints? So Mayumi is, was a Brazilian pro player for uh, the Brazilian esports. I think her team was called Ints. It's like I-N-T-Z. Oh, I-N-T. oh yeah, we versed that yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Mayumi was actually a sub for that team, and she played all the all the support champions. Her favorite champion is uh, on her Twitch is listed as Nautilus. She literally uh, can't uh, is the ideal professional support. She has a large range of a large champion pool, right? But she actually filed a lawsuit against her company or her organization because she felt like she was discriminated uh, by her organization uh, because she thinks that her org only hired her as a as a social media like a marketing tool. Tool. Yeah, as a marketing tool. yeah as a marketing tool and um she she didn't get any stage time she got to play one tournament in um I think it, she got to play a really small tournament where she played like one game I think but uh, I feel like the the root of the problem is always like the higher ups and how their mindset towards the like towards female gamers it like the community doesn't matter uh but if even the higher ups tell you that you're only a marketing uh tool it obviously discourages females from even entering that type of scene mm. so yeah Miami has moved on into a content creator for tsm nowadays oh wow i didn't know that wow what a shame mm-hmm. and that that's the sort of story that you, that only needs to happen once to scar well again it's, whole... it's cultural then right it's like this is yeah it's, it's cultural so that's what it's it sounds like that's a, a huge um issue so i think we've pretty much covered this topic very extensively hey, well, nathan but we didn't say what your your take on it we all said our opinion Oh, so you're talking time. about about um, I didn't. Is I it didn't possible? I thought I was. No. Is it possible? Yeah, I would say time. in the next twenty years, not possible for a female. Wait, we're talking world champion. champion or just a pro? 
Because uh, mine was to go pro. I didn't even say no one could even go pro. In a major region. I said... Ma- oh, okay, go pro. major region. But it's yours. Uh, you can answer however you want, though. But I just... Just to clarify that. So, it's funny. Originally, going into this conversation, I thought it was definitely possible to be a world champion in, like, the next 20, 30 years. But after hearing a lot, especially from Athena's and Gabby's perspective, mm, about yeah. how many challenges there are, and again, this hypothetical superstar, what do we call it, Katarina the Kid, again, so many, so many issues anyway, it's like, it's, it's, you're running up a hill, you know, it's a really hard hill. So I would say that in League of Legends, we, I'd say that I agree, I think there will never be a world champion female player, but there will be a professional player or a couple of professional players in the next, you know, couple of decades you think of the next couple of decades yeah like 20 30 years yeah they will they will attempt uh, and try again but they won't reach the top in a major region but they won't reach the top okay i think you're right i think it just takes like one org to take the risk but it all depends on if they can afford to and if someone actually wants to yeah, they'll take the risk, yeah. but again, it's just there's so much goes into it, as we've discussed on this podcast, that yeah. uh, you're, I mean, you're talking about winning the lottery. You know, you're going no, to win the lottery. I'm terrified because if that, because remember, this could go two ways. This one girl gets through and gets picked up. The, what happens to that one scenario in that one case will actually have a flow on effect for the rest of. Are you saying esports. negative flow on effect? It could be both, right? If she does really well and it, she integrates perfectly, they figure out a niche solution to separate her and make sure the, the guys don't like, you know, because again, let's get, uh, this is something I forgot to uh, mention, but exactly what you were saying earlier, Athena, you were saying how, you know, Rob uh, would have told you a lot about, you know, how intense post-game discussions can get. You know, you don't want, at the end of the day, look, because I don't, Personally, I don't believe that, like, a guy and a girl can be friends. Like, purely friends. Um, like, there's always an element of, like... Like, we're talking, like, an actual best friend or whatever. Like that. I don't think that can happen, in my opinion, because there's always, like, a an element of, like, sexual... Biological. Like some, well, there's some sexual tension always, no matter what. Like, that's just my take on it. Anyway, if they're in the house and you just had a really rough set and you got to get into the... you got to really be brutal. Like, you got to say, look... Kitty, I fucking hate it that you went in here. Why are you posturing like that? How come you died like that? Like, I can't have a single doubt in my mind that I can't just rip into you. That I can't go ham, just as I would with the other guy on my team. I can't treat you differently whatsoever. And I'm afraid that um, just because of the... This is just the, 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 the... What it was like, what it's like culturally... It's very difficult to treat a girl the same way, at that level, the same way, and to be absolutely... Objective. I don't know what the word is. Objective about it. Um, And I think that it would actually have an effect on the post-game reviews. That's another reason that I think that also a a girl can't be pro, because I think that it would also have a... There would be... It would be just a a shit show. I think that that would also cause a whole host of problems. And to, 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 to use an analogy for this, let's just say, um, Gabby, I'm assuming you've moved, so you, you live out of home, or you live yep. with your boyfriend or something like that, you've moved out before. So you know logistically, 
the operation of moving into a new place is a nightmare, right? And for Athena here, I'm assuming you still live at home, right? You're, yeah. Um, if someone were to say, you know, why don't we go, one of your friends says to you, why don't we just go rent a place, you know, next year, let's move out together and we go rent a place and whatever. Because you've like never done it before, you're not going to think it's that hard. You're going to think, yeah, it's challenging, but like you'll forget all of the small details, all the logistics. You're like, shit, we got to like buy a bin for the bathroom. We've got to buy a doormat. We've got to buy a shoe rack. We've got to buy tea towels. We've got to buy um, like pillowcases and like I've got to buy Ethernet cables to connect my modem to my... Like all these little details that you don't realize that you have at home. These won't come to your attention until you're in the shit, until you've done it. Gabby would know moving houses like a nightmare. You've missed all these little details everywhere and it takes months to get all the little things. And my point that I'm trying to get across here is this is what would happen, I feel like, for a if a girl were to join a team. There's all these unforeseen problems that have never been experienced before. And I'm not saying that they are unsolvable, but the solutions aren't yet there because the problems haven't been presented. And I don't think a team, or a team that's actually very savvy, and by then, hopefully, we're talking decades, these teams actually know what the hell they're doing, hopefully, they're going to be smart enough to be like, look, we are venturing into brand new territory. We already know how stressful it is to run an esports org or a team. We're bringing in now a whole list of variables that we've never considered before. What's going to happen when they're late at the office together and there's only two of them? What's going to happen when their apartments are right next to each other? What's going to happen when then there's an argument and then she starts crying? This is also like very, uh, from a girl's perspective, if a girl was hired as a professional player, you still have to take in consideration about the time of the month, you know? Girls get especially extremely emotional and sensitive around that month. You know, sometimes they're physically like, bounded to the bed and um what if you're one day reviewing like a game or perhaps you even just lost a game and she wishes you just tipped her over the edge you know she, you just guys don't ha- uh, aren't educated about like the yeah. female like pms stage so maybe sometimes it might ruin the team's um dynamic or the team's environment just because uh they don't understand how the female body work some like do you know what i mean like spot on that and, and yeah. you know what i've seen this before that could cause a chain effects and all it takes at a team is one negative experience between two players to fuck up their relationship for the entire split for the entire year they're done you have to get a new player next year because their relationship's done and you know how that would work what would happen i could even see it happening you know athena and yeah Eddie carry bot lane you just got counterpicked in draft three games in a row. You're trying to figure out the meta at the start of the week. We get into a few scrims. And I'm, and your top lane or your mid lane or your jungle, they're doing well. But you're just getting stomped in the 2v2 spot lane. And then um, your jungler always says, like, Shurnfire, for example, comes to your bot lane and says, because Shurnfire is a classic Shurnfire response. is like, say something really aggressive. Like, can you guys, like, just stop dying 2v2? Like, why do you guys die 2v2 every single game? Like, you just say something like that. Boom, you're on your on your period or whatever. You're pretty already angry, pissed off, Boom, and frustrated. Come out. <laughs> Boom, and then you say that. You even say, oh, and you start crying with tears and whatever it is. And then you say, he's like, asking, why are you upset? 
I said, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. He said, no, what's wrong? He said, oh, I'm on my period. Boom. He's automatically thinking, why am I playing with a girl? I'm at a disadvantage. They're already thinking about why did we get this player? That's all it takes. Done. Slightest crack, slightest chink in the armor, it's game over. I've seen this already with players. All it takes is one slip up. That's just one between males and males. And that's been males and males. Yeah. Let alone, yeah. this is what I'm yeah. saying. I think it's impossible. Mm. It's just impossible. Like I can't, I, I don't even so think basically it's you're close. saying that, that women can't work with men in a highly, highly, the highest possible competitive environment. No, I'm, I'm just saying league. League, league is Legends. a unique, league Going is a back, unique game. So the cultural problem of League of Legends, or just the game is the way it's designed. It's the game. Just the way the game, because look, think about League comparatively to a traditional sport. Think, I think a girl, for some, if League, okay, let's, let's bring a sport like um, um, NFL. Alright, okay, not even actually, whatever, basketball. If for some reason, f- females were the same genetically as men, say there was no same physical differences, like yeah. they, they had as much muscle, as much testosterone, whatever it is, they, and even if they had their period, I think it could probably work, but because what happens, you're only training a few hours a day together. You go in, you train, you go home. But league... You train all day. You wake up, you're VOD reviewing, you train, then you scrim, then you solo queue together. Like, you're, it's not a normal contact, like, sport. It's not a normal traditional sport. You are, it's like, it's an artificial environment that has not yet, people haven't realized how brutal a League of Legends environment is at the competitive level. It's terrible. It's not healthy. It's terrible. Um. So, yeah, I just, I, I, I can't. This is why I, I, Nathan and 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 look, I'm not just saying this to be pessimistic. I'm just like I want, I want to put this out there that it's just I, 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 the way it is. It's just I just don't even think it's even remotely close. I think your chances of winning the lottery are much higher. Okay, if and, and, and the thing is, this ties back to my initial point, which was goes back to that one case, that one girl who is good enough who actually gets rank one in solo queue. She somehow. A team decides to invest in her. The negative of the, 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 that situation is going to cause so much of a shitstorm that it will permanently scar females in League of Legends for the rest of time, for, for, it, forever. It's like that person's the best shot, and it still didn't work. Okay, we just should just give up on because this. the the success and the continuation of the what we see, how many females will be in the in in, in esports in League of Legends, will dictate of that first case, that first. Female that goes. Oh, in the team. I guess it'll be interesting to see this Overwatch example that Athena mentioned. Yeah, see where that goes. She did have looking for team on her bio, so I will keep my eyes out for Aspen in Overwatch. All right. Well, I think we're pretty much going to wrap it up there, unless anyone else has any other thoughts on this uh, the topic. Gabby, I think I, I disagree with the whole period sort of thing. I think like if you're really at that professional level, you should be emotionally intelligent enough to be able to compartmentalize and not emotionally respond when you need to improve. I don't think that something biological like a period will really affect that. I've never had it affect me. The only thing is what Kitty said in that some women on their period like are literally bed bound, like they are in so much pain that they wouldn't even be able to practice. But I don't feel like something like that should really be a limitation here. So you're talking about from the female side or from the male side? From the female side. I like, I think if you are driven enough, oh, sorry. (laughs) 
No, 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 continue, continue. I just think if, if you're driven enough, you should be able to keep that separate. Like, obviously you can't stop your period, but you should be able to know, I'm on my period, I need to be more prepared, I need to not explode, I just, I just feel like it's not You'll adapt. You'll yeah. be able to adapt. Well, I think Gabby's overseeing the fact that a lot, a lot of pro players have extremely low EQ. They may have high IQ for the game, <laughs> but they have low EQ. And for, like, if you were saying, oh, the female is bedbounded, they'll be like, oh, you know, my support, she's bedbound. It's yeah. the time of the month again. I can't scrim. Dude, this is so, like, we're losing so much practice. Like, why did we even, like, you know what I mean? Like, where I'm coming from? Like, a lot of uh, league players, they don't understand the female body. They have low emotional intelligence. So they wouldn't realize when they st cross over the boundary, you know? They wouldn't yeah, know but... when you just tick them off by that little bit on the female side. And they would be like, what did I, what did I say wrong? You know, like, yeah, continue, Gabby. Sorry, um, I feel like, yeah, men tend to have lower emotional intelligence, especially in a game like League, where it's very egocentric. But I feel like that can simply be taught. But they just haven't had to yet. Like, I feel like a lot of League is egos, a lot of it is flaming, or because these men don't have a reasonable emotional outlet. But I feel like all of that can be taught. Like, I don't think a period I agree. I, I agree. I just feel like... And again, you know, again I think that yeah. the, the current players, I think, I, I love how Athena's just roasting every <laughs> professional League of Legends player and they were there. <laughs> You guys have just have zero emotional intelligence. <laughs> but I think that the, and Curtis, I talk about this uh, all the time, the current, you know, median age of an esports professional, I mean, League of Legends players, you know, between 18 and 20, 24. But we think that as the industry matures, that these players will, the median age will continue to increase. And you have like yeah. the best players are going to be 30 years old plus because they're going to be brought up in the the esports the, the e ecosystem and the training, it's going to be more long-term focused rather than just people get burnt out in like two years. So that's an element as well that maybe that's again, potentially not an issue. Yeah, yeah but I as well, oh, sorry, sorry, Gabby. No, no, you go, next. I was just going to say, one thing we have to factor into this, Nathan, is that I think where Kid is coming from, the whole EQ is going to get lower. Like, the baseline is going to get lower and lo Like, they're going to be, like, the EQ standard of the average 18-year-old, let's just say, give it a score of 100 in 2010, is going to be 70 in 2025. And why is that? Just because of society and the the cult the everything and the way as well even like think about dude think about a kid growing up now I, i'm terrified i am petrified i'm scared of having a kid part of me thinks i don't even want a kid because i'm terrified into the situation they're going to be within they're on a tablet by like three years old they're gonna probably stumble onto twitch by 10 years old you can ban them all you want, and they're gonna they're gonna be so tech savvy. They're gonna know what to do before they're gonna be able to code. It's gonna be in school. They're gonna know how to hack the system before you even know what the hell they're playing on, dude. We, we think we're all tech savvy now. Like I just think that the way culture is in terms of social media and and, and everything, they're gonna be so screwed, EQ wise. Like, dude, think about it now. I can't even talk to a sixteen year old nowadays. I don't even know what they're talking about. Like, they the talk in Twitch like, memes. They talk in Twitch I literally memes. talk to someone, this guy says, oh, Pepega, oh, yes, yeah, Sag. And then, like, I'm like what, what does that mean, dude? I, I'm being dead serious. I, I can't actually communicate with a 16-year-old a lot of the time. I struggle. Such a boomer, Curtis. You know? 
and, and and it's getting worse. I mean, I'm just saying we've got to account for that. Yes, the average age is getting higher, but at the same time, you know, they're starting from a lower lower grade. So, like, I think that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that is. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to cover it at the end, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think we uh, did some good work here. We explored many many sections of this topic. Athena, Gabby, any last words on the topic? Any shout-outs, what you guys are doing? You can plug your stream if you want. I'm shy. Um, So I I (laughs) frequently stream on Twitch right now. My at is at Kitwee because I couldn't get the username Kitty, but it's K-I-I-T-T-W-Y. So if you want to check me out, play solo. We can put that in the, the description, Nathan. Yes, we can indeed. Thank you. Gabby, any uh, final comments, words? No, I just really enjoyed this, actually. Yeah, I don't really have much to say. Like, I just have my Twitter. I'm not really streaming much. I'll probably get back into it soon, but work is a bit full on, so, yeah. Thanks for coming on, guys, and appreciate it. And yep, uh, it hopefully see you guys in, in solo queue. We'll see Can everyone on the rift here. T- you know, take your LP. In the community. <laughs> Kitty, I'm going to take your LP, so you better watch no, out. stop. Okay, thank you for having me. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you in BBC episode number 40.